This is Proxy Countdown. Welcome to the big show for the week of January 1st, 2024. New year. Alongside my tag team partner, Matt Muscardi. I'm Damian Rollis. On today's countdown, the ongoing game of shoots and ladders starring corporate CFOs. Musical chairs at Synopsis where everybody is richer. The ongoing proxy cage fight at Disney Part 17. A look at how Matt's picks did at AutoZone. And the big vote at Stefano Piscina's drug empire called Walgreens. Let's start with our top stories. Go to the trade wire. Let's talk about CFOs, Matt. CFOs never last long. That's the takeaway. Mike, Michael Zeckmeister out at CH Robinson Worldwide. He lasted four years. Uh, the company says that they have commenced a search for a successor. Commenced is their language, which means that the board just says it does succession planning in the proxy, but doesn't actually mean it. CFO Michelle Turner also out at L3 Harris Technologies. Her exit will be treated as an involuntary separation for the purpose of her equity awards and other post-separation benefits. Involuntary separation means she didn't want to get fired, right, Matt? Involuntary so. separation? So yeah, they, they pushed her out while she was saying, come on. She's getting $3 million to get used to the idea of her involuntary separation, including something I've never seen before, $500,000 as additional consideration for transitional assistance just sounds weird to me yeah that what is that uh, it's extra money just in case <laughs> that the 2.5 million wasn't enough look what's what should strike you here is that isn't the cfo getting pushed out just the defensive or offensive coordinator of a football team getting pushed Essentially. out by the by the you know the the coach that's that's all we're seeing here. So, yeah, it's a short-lived job, and you get an extra $500,000 for not doing it. And that $3 million figure should be familiar to her because she was hired less than two years ago. And uh, like a polished mirror, they gave her $3 million to join the company. So Look, that's consistency. Yeah, consistency. You like consistency. Less than two years later, she's getting another $3 million to leave the company. Uh, some new directors at some of the biggest companies that we cover. Kimberly Harris at Amarin Corporation. Sylvia Davila at FedEx Corporation. A trigger, a trigger alert here for the anti-woke crowd. According to FedEx's press release, Sylvia brings vast experience promoting diversity and inclusion and leveraging innovation for ESG agendas. Uh-oh. What is an ESG agenda again? <laughs> I think you know. Does anybody know? A uh, new director at Henry Shine is Carol Fag. A trigger alert for the anti-woke crowd here, too. According to Henry Shine's press release, Ms. Fag is a champion for diversity. Oh, she no. served on Ernst & Young's Gender Equity Task Force. There's task forces and agendas at work. A uh, new director at Omnicom Group is Casey Santos. Another a trigger alert. This one is for the anti-DEI crowd. 
I'm looking at you, Bill Ackman. Not only is Casey the current chief information officer at Assyrian, but she has a degree in aeronautics and astronautics from MIT, holds dual master's degrees from Penn, and was a NASA flight controller supporting over 20 space shuttle missions. Good luck arguing your way out of that anti-DEI hole of misogyny. Wow, that's I'm not sure she's qualified for this job. <laughs> she might be qualified. And our last for director else. change is at the Mosaic Company. Denise Johnson has been replaced by Torex Gold Resources CEO Jody Kusenko, where she's batting 855 overall. Quick question: All of these appointed or oh. voted? All appointed. No, thank God no one had to vote on that. Uh, and lastly, let's look at one notable executive change. The leadership at Synopsis got a bit more muddled on New Year's Day. COO Sassine Ghazi is taking over as CEO and joining the board. As former CEO and chair Art DeGus slides over into an executive chair role. In connection with his promotion, the new CEO is getting $8 million in promotion equity and annual equity, equity awards worth another $15 million. The former CEO is somehow getting a raise for his new role. His base salary jumps uh, up to $725,000. He's also getting annual equity, equity worth $8 million, which is more than he received last year. So you see that? Uh, 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 actually getting a raise, Matt, to, to step down from his role as CEO. Look, the stepping down up is the new failing up. <laughs> all, you, all you need to do is say you're stepping in some direction, Matt, become executive chair, put a woman in the CEO slot, and don't do any work but get the same salary. I think this is what shareholders seem to like is that if you either come to a company or leave a company, they're just going to shower dough at you. Or if you, or you're right, if you get a promotion, if you get a demotion, if you get a new... Title change, promotion. You just need to do a shuffle dance next to, to the to the next position, and you're gonna get showered. Uh, let's move on to our proxy cage match. Things are staying ridiculous at Disney. Activist hedge fund Blackwell's Capital will nominate three directors at Walt Disney's upcoming annual meeting. The move is meant to rival Nelson Peltz's two director nominations that we talked about last month. Unluck, unlike uh, Peltz's nominations, Blackwell's supports the company's strategy. So they are actually pro Bob Iger here. Blackwell's is offering a choice of nominees to Disney shareholders who agree that new blood in the board could help Iger, but object to electing Tryon's nominees over their uh, Nelson Peltz companies. Um, here are the nominees, Matt. Former... Warner Brothers executive Jessica Schell. Yeah, former Warner Brothers executive. A real estate investment executive named Craig Hatkoff, who co-founded the Tribeca Film Festival with uh, Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal. Hatkoff sits on the board of SL Green Realty. And the former CEO at TaskRabbit, Leah Sullivan. She was the CEO eight years ago, so it's an interesting mix of people there. Yeah, except that it's not that interesting because it does seem like Nelson Peltz 
it nominated himself and Jay Rasulo, mm-hmm. who was a former Disney executive, and stated for the record that he wanted to go back to the way it was at Disney. You know, okay. before all the gays before and Steamboat the brown people and, mm-hmm. you know, um, became involved and they got woke. He wanted to go back to the old Disney. Well, it turns out that TaskRabbit founder and former CEO Lee Sullivan was actually funded by Michael Eisner. Oh. TaskRabbit's initial uh, funder, one of their first funders, was his his firm, Tornante Company, and he was an advisor to TaskRabbit while she was the CEO. Okay. And Jessica Schell actually worked at Disney for three years in the mid-90s. So it seems like all anybody wants to do is go back to 90s Disney when all the characters were culturally appropriated and or white and or princesses. Like, is that, or fish. That's... Or, or some version of fish. But it does not seem like anybody's actually bringing in. Notice there's no new tech people. There's no new. No, there's no new. There's no new uh, anything. N- new anything. New yeah. media people here. Um, Hatkoff co founded Tribeca Film Festival with De Niro and Jane Rosenthal. These are all incumbent media or known entities yep. to Disney and Disney satellite people. Uh, Blackwell Black Wells is also proposing to allow incumbent board directors who lose their seats to Blackwell's nominees to be reinstated through a board expansion. I've never heard of this before. But again, they're clearly pro-Disney, pro-Iger on this one. Meanwhile, Disney said on Wednesday it had reached a deal with activist investor Value Act Capital to advise it on strategy and support its director nominees at the upcoming meeting. This is yet another defensive move against Nelson Peltz. Well, Peltz, is, this is also Peltz's second bite at the Disney Apple in the last two years. So I, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't back down here. I mean, he's nominating himself for this board. There's no way Black, Blackwell uh, and uh, Value Act would vote for Peltz himself on the board. Jay Rasulo might have a shot, um, but this is just, it's like, I, I, I can't, it's so boring to me. A bunch of fighting over what? What? Oh. A, a big shiny streaming service, a big shiny <laughs> roller coaster. Even. It's it's like a it's something have, something have that used to be better, something that used to mean I, a nostalgic so. a nostalgic brand. I mean, we're going for we are we now hit the point where we just wish peak it was nostalgia. 1967 yes. again. Yeah. This, this peak MAGA nostalgia. All right, let's move over to our vote results table. Uh, we got a bunch of. Th- meetings to report here of note because matt i looked at like 50 meetings these are the ones of note at canoe josette sheeran barely passed with a 48 percent no vote this one's a bit of a mystery josette recently transitioned from being a non-employee uh, director to being president of the company two years ago but i'm not sure what the problem is here the only other director up for election was ceo chair tony aquila he holds twelve percent of company shares, but somehow received ninety-five percent support. So I don't, I don't really know why shareholders are mad at Josette. It sounds like an ISS policy vote. Well, the only blip on her record I could see was that, and this is a bit unusual. Although I, you know, our shareholders do they pay attention this much? But maybe you're right. Maybe ISS spotted this. Uh, she was paid $150,000 in consulting fees when she was an independent director in connection with the site selection 
of Canoe's manufacturing operation. So basically, she, it sounds like she pointed to a spot where they could build a new factory, and they gave her $150,000, which is highly unusual when you're independent director. If you're handing out $500,000 to your CFO for additional transition expenses, this does not seem like a, a large enough conflict of interest that it would spike an ISS well, no vote or an investor you know, yellow flag that there was some big deal, especially considering that by the time the vote happened, she's actually an employee of the company. Well, I agree. If, if you're the director of a company... Can't you, shouldn't you just be giving advice for free? I mean, if if they call you up and ask, like, "Hey, do you know any good sites for this?" But yeah, there's that place in Toledo. I, you need you need money for that. Isn't that sort of your role there to advise on this stuff? Well, that is your role. But if they then hand you a map of Toledo and say, "Can you point to it?" <laughs> that costs an extra. 150. That's true. At Staffing Three Sixty Solutions, all directors nearly failed. Uh, presumably because of a terrible share price. That's the only thing that we've picked up on here, Matt, that if the share price is low enough, usually below a dollar, investors will vote against directors. Uh, at Flex Steel Industries, Matthew Kness nearly failed with 49% saying no. This is another mystery to me. He's a he's the chair of the nomination committee, but I I, I don't I don't know. I don't see the connection here to anything Look, else. Look, the data actually here on votes yep. suggests that being the chair of the board or the chair of a committee mm -hmm. decreases the average votes that you're going to get. It because all of the policies are vote against the chair if. Yeah. Fill in the blank. For things, so there could be some, you know, effort to increase diversity it's on not that board. It's or, not that uh, three of eight board members are women, but you're right; it could be something else. It's something we're not seeing, but it's probably triggered some policy. Uh, the Singing Machine Company. Did you know there's a company called the Singing Machine Company? I'm guessing I'm that's karaoke. I'm, I'm hoping. Guessing that, isn't that isn't that like uh, no sewing idea. or is that singing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I didn't. I didn't even. No, no. It's the singing machine company. Is, okay. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's an absolute shit show. Four directors failed. There's a big fight going on with this company, Matt. Uh, one of the primary shareholders, Milton Alt III, he's a director, he is actually suing CEO Gary Atkinson and five other directors for a highly dilutive related party stock sale that all alleges that the director defendants breached fiduciary duties by approving a stock sale to friends of these other directors at an inadequate price and engaged in a deeply flawed process. So basically, he he's mad at the other directors for approving some kind of a stock sale to some other some of their buddies, and he's suing so them. So what is this though? Because he's one of the failed directors. So what I think is that the the targeted the the ones that he's suing got mad at him voted and against him. They're voting out him and the people that he didn't sue. <laughs> right? But he, I, did he vote against them? Like I, I don't understand. He did, but there, but these four failed. The four people not being sued all failed. It's a, it's crazy. I haven't seen a fight like this in a while. That's great. At CEA Industries, it looks like the whole board sucks. Uh, I'm guessing it's because of a terrible share price. Here's a, here's an interesting one. They all should have been voted out. But because of a stupid fluke in the shareholder voting system at many of these companies where votes withheld are not considered votes against, the entire board has been reelected. As an example, Matt, uh, Nick Etten, he got 1.4 million votes for, 1.1 million votes against, and 700,000 votes 
uh, withheld. He still was reelected because of this stupid system. This is an investor problem. Investors, I know you're so afraid to take a stance, so you abstain as some sort of weird, well, we're not going to say no, but we don't quite like what's happening. If you're not for, you're against. no. Just make it binary. Can you abstain from a presidential election? Like, I guess you stay home, but then your vote isn't counted. This is such a weird, stupid quirk in the alternative democracy. Imagine going to the voting polls and abstaining with your vote for governor, and the governor is elected even though you hate them. Just vote no. Yeah, the great thing about abstaining for the vote for governor is that you're still taking up a place in line. You're still holding that back the whole process. And finally, at the large cap companies, shareholders are content at fact set research systems. Directors received average support of 98% of the vote. Same thing at Viatris, 94% of support for directors. And so let's get to AutoZone, a company we covered in December. And let's let's just look at how Matt's picks played out. Because there's really nothing much to report. Otherwise, it, it looks like shareholders are pretty happy overall. You, Matt, uh, I'll remind the audience: you had a you uh, said that shareholders should vote against Linda Goodspeed, uh, uh, George McConnick Jr. I believe. Yep. Uh, D. Brian Jordan. You wanted shareholders to vote against the auditor and uh, against Sam Pay. I'll say that you're mostly wrong, uh, I, although uh, over 90% support for everything except for McConnick Jr., who got 87% of the vote. And Sam Pei did get 22% of the vote saying no, so that's a, it's a, it's a little bit of anger there. So I want to say that I created an adjusted votes oh, model good. that basically um, can calculate, uh, because we know the average vote for is 95 96%. I think for large cap U.S. companies, it's about 95.1%. Um, and those are companies that aren't totalitarian companies. These are non-controlled companies, not dual class. These are just your run-of-the-mill, vote. you can actually vote in or out director companies. We know that the average vote is about 95%, and below 50%, you fail. I wanted to create a model that adjusted and said exponentially between those two numbers, mm-hmm. it should get worse and worse and worse. So you get a 70% for vote. That's actually horrible. Horrible. And I wanted yeah. to show it. I yeah. wanted to show it. So I ran that at AutoZone, and the results are almost exactly the same because the votes were so high at AutoZone, mm-hmm. except for Merconic went from 87% to 85%. But it's worth saying, as I tweak this model, yep. I, there is a way to show investor the lack of investor support, even with numbers that seem astronomically high. There are investors out there who are not happy with some of these directors. They just don't vote that way. So we're yeah. going to start showing that. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that uh, providers like MSCI will flag all SAM pay votes and all director votes that are 10% or above. So you're right. It does. It is a significant amount. Uh, all right, let's go to the, the big vote. Uh, today's show is focusing on Walgreens. They are voting January 25th. That's three weeks from now. Uh, I'll give you some of the, 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 the highlights here. First of all, this is the Stefano Piscina Empire. This is something that we've covered on our other show uh, many times. He's sort of the, the, he's the hidden ruler here, right? His his influence on the board, according to our data, is 67% of the influence, which is incredible. Uh, so he's the executive chairman. Also, his wife, 
is the COO. Her name is Ornella Barra. This is something you just don't see anymore. And also on top of that, uh, his daughter, Elena Pacina, is the director of global communications agency operations, whatever the hell that is. So uh, this is clearly uh, the Stefano Pacina show. Uh, the other big thing to note this year was that there was a big CEO succession. Roz Brewer stepped down in August. She lasted less than three years. And again, uh, I, I would say this is all all because of what Stefano Pacina wanted or didn't want, right? Because I don't know how you judge a CEO uh, after two years of service at a company like Walgreens. The new CEO is a man named Tim Wentworth. So those are the highlights. We can get right to the right to the first uh, uh, the first proposal up for election, which is the election of all ten directors. Uh, I'll hand I, it off to you. Uh, yeah, I do want to say ahead. about Roz Brewer yeah, before we even get into the directors. There were reports at the end of the year mm -hmm. that one of the reasons why Brewer Brewer walked in and said she wasn't going to basically bow to a family-controlled board. She said things, and this is let's be clear: Walgreens is not a family-controlled company. It is not a family firm. It is not a controlled firm. It is not Stefano Pacina's personal playground. He owns 17% of the shares, but he is actively treating it like it's his yes. family's company, right? Yeah. Like, which is very, very different from it is a family firm. It was like the, the like Walmart. The Waltons founded mm -hmm. it. They're on the board. They own the shares. That is not the case here. But there was a dispute because Walgreens is actually being sued by a startup company that puts video screens on the refrigerators in the back of these like, convenience stores, okay. right? So Walgreens had signed a contract with them. That startup company was founded by the ex-Walgreens CEO, who's still friends with Stefano Pacina. Uh -huh. They signed a deal to do that. Ros Brewer went in, saw them, and said, this looks like Vegas. We're not doing the deal. <laughs> okay. She did not consult the board or Piscina oh, and wow. killed the deal. Right. So the ex-CEO of Walgreens sued Walgreens. Is that right? Stefano Piscina is on the ex-CEO's side, and they all are wow. mad at Ros Brewer for not confronting the board. That's one example of the wow. stories that are coming out about what Brewer was dealing with inside. Yeah. There was no way she was going to survive this. It's Stefano Piscina's board, and it's it's Stefano Piscina treating it like his own, his own family hey, firm. This is why we warn people, and this is why our data reflects that when you have the former CEO on your board, and when you have the majority shareholder who is that former CEO, he's there, and he's there as the executive chair making CEO cash. Uh, this is a problem. This 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 creates a, a leadership uh, disaster, I, I, right? I mean, this is exactly what you're talking about. Yes, 100%. Uh, and it's about to get worse with the new CEO. A, a few highlights before you, you dig into the board here and give me your uh, your assessment. Uh, so Tim Tim Wentworth, the new CEO, he comes over from Express Scripts. Um, Stefano Pacino, who I already mentioned, who controls 67% of the influence. The other highlight for me is the lead independent director, her name is Ginger Graham. She controls 9% of the influence. She's the chair of the nominations committee. Uh, something strange about Ginger, which I haven't seen before, is that so she took over as interim CEO uh, for less than a month. I think you said 22 days? 
23 days. Right. Uh, for that for that service, Matt, not, she received, not only did she receive $820,000 monthly stipend or whatever that is, she got a, a, a special cash payment of $2.5 million. So she received $3.32 million for about 20 days of work. And this is the woman who they call the lead, quote, independent, end quote, director. This is the, right? Stefano Piscina just paid the the leader of their independent directors $3 million. Do, uh, do you think she's representing the side of independence on this board? Well, let's How? That, How could she be? Let's actually... Let's actually point out that she was not the lead independent director before this, right? Like, so she'd been on the board for 13 years. She made $144,000 a day to step in after Roz Brewer stepped down mm -hmm. for 23 days before they named Almost as the much as I make. CEO. Yep. Almost yeah, as much as I make in a in, day. Mm -hmm. Closing into our salaries. Our, um, our daily salaries, uh, yeah. <laughs> And she and she walks away with three point three million and the lead independent director title at a company where it doesn't matter what your title it's is. Full on the shenanigans. Board that is full because Stefano Pacino runs it. Yeah, this is why like, I I am always surprised that we're the only ones to point this out about Walgreens. Uh, this is clearly he's clearly running this like a drug empire. No, I mean especially when you tell me about the story about the TVs and Ross Brewer, he doesn't like. One deal she makes that is probably the right decision, and she, he gets rid of her, and he's throwing three million dollars of cash at his lead independent director, who was who was primary role there is to support the independent side of the board, which we th we think is supposed to be important, right? To to run a board, so yeah. Well, here's another thing about uh, Graham. She is a director at Village MD. Mm -hmm which was acquired by Walgreens. In fact, when it was acquired by Walgreens, another director, Tom Polin, his wife was working yes. at Village yeah. MD. And, a third and this is yeah. something they disclosed. And a third director, Janice uh, Babiak, she's also a Village MD director. So it's another way of, of, of being really not independent while uh, the company, according to SEC... Uh, rules can call you independent. So that's what's going on at the board there. Do you want to jump right ahead to your picks here? Who who you think? Yeah, so, yeah. so here's, here's the thing. Here's the two high-level takeaways mm -hmm. before we even get into the picks. Walgreens stock has dropped 66% in the last five years and 69% since Stefano Pacino was named CEO uh -huh. back in 2015. He, he had a stint as CEO before he stepped down into executive chair. That we're... Two th more than two-thirds price drop. Right. He also owns 17% of the stock and is married to the CEO, and his daughter works in the firm. Yeah. He yeah. treats us like a family and firm. And he just gave Even his lead independent director $3 million. And he just gave his lead independent director. What he's done very dramatically is bought most of this board. Yeah. John Letterer was actually purchased. He's a board member, but he was acquired in the Dwayne Reed acquisition. Walgreens bought Dwayne Reed. Um, the Ginger Graham was acquired, a Village MD director. Uh, Janice Babiot, you mentioned, uh, Village MD director. But also Tom Poland's wife. Um, and... Uh, that's just so there are three directors who are effectively acquired or mm -hmm. working in 
in subsidiaries of of Walgreens at this point. But that doesn't and it doesn't end there because uh, Inder Paul Bondari was at Express Scripts with Tim Wentworth, right. the new CEO. He's the CEO of Evernorth, Cigna's arm that bought Express Scripts after he was um, CEO of Express Scripts. Uh, Bandari actually leads IBM's data deal, data and analytics. He's like their, you know, uh, executive for data. And IBM signed a deal to service Walgreens Pharmacy's data analytics. We are talking about uh, every vendor, including um, uh, their, their Brian Hansen, who's joined 3M's healthcare unit as their CEO. 3M is a supplier to Walgreens. This is effectively. Everybody in that room under his thumb is a client or has been bought by Stefano Piscina. Right. The, even Nancy Nancy uh, Schlichting, mm -hmm. who's on the board of Encompass Health, she was an ex strategic advisor to Becton Dixon. Poland is the CEO of Becton Dixon. There you go. These people are all directly connected, with the exception of Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett does, has no direct connection, but she gets me into a question I want to ask you, mm -hmm. which is, are there board-specific positions? Because she fits what I have been calling crassly the twofer role. She's what, a black woman. Role? Okay. She's she fits two diverse categories, right. usually gender diversity and um, uh, race or ethnic diversity, and you have. Uh, uh, we're seeing a pattern yeah. unfold board after board after board where you find someone who fits a twofer role so that you can say that well, you have diversity. Not that they're not qualified yeah, in any way. I, I'd actually These call are highly her, qualified individuals. I'd actually call her a threefer because she also has influence in government regulation, right? She comes from the government, no? She's, she was right. the former senior advisor to Obama. So here are the position players that I'm seeing. You almost always end up with two executives on the board, preferably a founder or CEO, chair, and then some sort of lackey or successor, right? Mm -hmm. There's almost always two executives from the company. There's almost always one VC or PE sure. person at a smaller company or a banker for a larger company. Right. Um, there's almost always one professional consultant. McKinsey. Uh, uh, yeah, someone from McKinsey or Bain or even their own consultancies. A lot of uh, mm -hmm. a lot of these firms I'm seeing, like they were a CEO somewhere and they started a consultancy um, uh, themselves. In fact, Ginger Graham ran Two Tree Consulting. Right? Um, right. There's almost always one accountant, preferably yes. from Ernst and Young or Deloitte. You always have an accountant. Yeah, it's usually um, Ernst and Young. I feel like. So, so that you can put them on the audit committee and right. say you have the you know best auditors in sure. the world, and they know all the tricks at the accounting firms. Then it's some mix of ex CEOs at large companies or current CEOs at large companies or industry experts, right. just like someone you can call an industry expert. What's that? That doesn't sound like a bad thing. Yeah, the twofer, and then uh, and the, or a flex spot, which is academic, political. You mentioned military, NGO. Yep. You sure. almost have like your one representative from those fields. Someone with actual expertise from a real part of the world. It does seem like there is this recurring pattern of yes. that is how you construct a team having nothing to do with their actual independence from one another, as we see here at Walgreens. And the important thing is, is there's someone in your network. It's someone that you, you have to you know probably yes. already know beforehand. Okay, so let's get to your 
your what's your hot take here? Who are we voting so for? Here's the hot take. Here yeah. are the votes. Ditch Piscina. This oh, is yes. not a controlled company. This, uh, uh, look, it, this is going to be a high bar. Uh, he controls 17% of the vote. So you're asking for the, the rest of the 83%. Except that last year, yeah. last year he got 97% votes for. Mm-hmm. The company shares, if you only care about share price, the company shares are down more than two-thirds since Piscina took over. No, yeah. More than two-thirds. And you can't muster a no vote. You can't even muster enough to get him below the average amount of votes. Right. Regardless of the fact that he has 17% of the shares, this is not his family's firm. He is not a founder. He is. It's not controlled. This is just lazy voting. He bats 366 overall. He bats .031 in earnings over his career on boards. That is the third percentile that Mm -hmm. is like the bottom three percent of all directors in the entire world on earnings come on you can vote him out he's terrible the good news here is that if you're worried about losing his influence you will not because he still will have 17 percent of the shares he still will have uh influence over the company you're not losing him he just i i think you're right he does not serve this board well you don't need him on your board Look, in the battle of Roz Brewer versus Stefano Piscina, Roz Brewer is a seasoned, excellent executive who was forced to leave because she didn't have the power to make decisions about things like what goes on the refrigerator doors at Walgreens. Yeah. You think that power should stay on the board? You're talking you about Stefano. Yeah, you're talking about a woman who not only was the CEO of Sam's Club, but she was the COO of Starbucks. This is the woman you dismiss after two years. Two years. Yeah. Two years. So it's time to get rid of Piscina. It's time to start digging out the Piscina influence on the board. Okay. Let him have influence over the board with the shares, which means you also vote no on Nancy Schlichting. Why is that? 17 years she's been on this board. That's enough. That is... Plenty of time to watch, like to set comp committee pay and pay Piscina's wife right. and be you know, like, like, come on, that's yeah. plenty. Not of to time. mention handing three million dollars over to the lead independent director for, for keeping the seat warm, and vote no on Ginger Graham. There yes, is nothing you. independent about a director who gets paid three million dollars for twenty three days of work after eleven years on the board, yeah, or thirteen years on the board. How is she independent? Matt, I've been at this for a long time. I've read thousands of proxy statements. I don't think I've ever seen a, 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 a cash grab quite so high for 20 days of interim CEO work. It's shocking. It's not like she was there shocking. for it's not like she was there for 10 months uh, you know with, and the company really needed someone to, to to steer the ship. I mean, 20 days. What could she have actually even done in 20 days? I'm already pulling punches here because Tim Wentworth, the new CEO, was the CEO of Express Scripts. And as I said, you have a board member who was at Express Scripts, right? Like you already have a problem with connecting those anyway. But it's time to dig out the Piscina tick, right? Like his wife still works there. He can ask her how it's going. He's got 17% of the shares. He can ask her how it's going. He does not need to be a chair, and neither do people who have been working with him for more than a decade. Uh, is Time that all? Get rid of them. You done with the directors? That's your I'm done with the directors, takeaway. Yeah. Get rid of Ginger Graham. Get rid of Piscina, and get rid of uh, uh, Nancy Schlichting. Schlichting. Moving on yes. to Sam Pay. 
You have any? I, I I think I covered my my number one grievance, which is this astronomical payment to lead independent director Ginger Graham. I'm like I'm completely confounded by this payment. So Wentworth's new pay does not look egregious. In fact, the things I noticed about pay was um, in 2020, they got rid of options. Mm -hmm. And I think they got rid of options because the share price has been so bad <laughs> right. that the options the every director the has are mm -hmm. valueless. Right, right. Like Piscina hasn't gotten, didn't get paid on any of his options. That's all he should he get also, yeah. But he also gave himself options that expire in like 2029, mm -hmm. right? Like, so he has... 10, 12, 15 year options going on that are absurd on their face already for the number of years, but they're currently valueless and, and no one wants to exercise them. They got rid of the options in the face of, sh of the share price slide in Instead, they have restricted stock units, which are just shares that vest over a couple of years, which to me... I don't know, like, if I were an investor, I'd be vo voting no on pay every single year because their pay is currently aligned with how crappy the company is doing. Mm -hmm. And what they did was gave themselves a way to pay themselves by going to restricted stock units. And I'm not sure who's getting paid in this this one, right? Roz Brewer's out. She's already, you know, out as CEO. They already paid the interim CEO yeah. for 23 days of work. And the new CEO started at the end of October. There's no money there yet. They didn't, there's like, well, I, I read through his, his contract. I, there's no real money. I don't know where they're going to find the money because they just gave her $10 million to, to, to leave. I, I got to tell you too, that the, the benefits here are a bit out of control for the CEO. Uh, Roz Brewer uh, got two million total uh, all other compensation, two million dollars in bene benefits, including one point three million dollars for residential security. We've talked yeah. about this one before. I mean, isn't that like thirty full time people basically standing in front of in, by your front door with a with a hand grenade I, or something? Look, what is that? My res my residential security is twelve dollars a month. One point like, uh, three you know, million dollars. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. That and who's is. ever heard of the Walgreens CEO? Who even knew? Again, this uh, it, it, once again, this just feels like Stefano Pacina's drug empire. Just there's something weird going on here at Walgreens. All right, this is a vote yeah. no on principle, no on pay until you get any like get everyone out, get 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 rid of these. I liked it better. I don't know why Pacina gets eight million in RSU. Already already owns seventeen percent of companies. Sure, does not. You need own seventeen percent of the company, and you're a billionaire. Yeah. What, you need another eight million bucks. Like yeah. this is this is like pointless. You're well aligned. Stop it. All right, let's move on to shareholder proposals. Uh, there's a there's a few of them. First, from the Sisters of St. Francis of Philadelphia. Yes, nuns. We love nuns. I do like They have a very specific proposal. Uh, proposal I've never seen before. A proposal requesting a report on cigarette waste, Matt. They are mad about Walgreens shoppers throwing away their cigarette butts, and they want Walgreens to do something about that. Look, I'm, I don't get I'm really pro-nuns. I, I kind of love... <laughs> I kind of love everything the nuns do. This one's a bit of a head scratcher. Why this not, one's weird. Why, why not ask the company to do what CVS did, which is stop selling cigarettes? Might that have more of an impact on our society? I don't know where this stops either, because it's like if you if you say you won this vote about cigarette butts, can I can I do a shareable proposal about what that you do with ho ho wrappers I, or I think you maybe could. scratch card you know you dust yeah like uh, like uh, I, I get weird what's one. behind weird this, but it's a weird one. Yeah, I say no. Uh, next one, a classic from Kenneth Steiner, uh, a, 
a stockholder proposal requesting an independent board chair. This this one seems necessary at this company. This one got. But it doesn't if yeah. you vote out Pacina. Okay, like, but why? Why, but, why but do are they going to put a proposal on this? But are they going to put like his wife in that role? Or I mean, we we want like an independent chair, right? We don't want the, we don't want uh, Ginger Graham who's getting three million dollar checks. We we want just an actual independent person here. I, I mean, I get it. If you if like I, I suppose you want to like put into the bylaws that they must have an independent chair. Mm -hmm. Sure, Pacina like can you think he, they can't find somebody like Ginger Graham is currently considered independent. She's the lead yeah, independent the part. air that's quote director, part. right? <laughs> Which means if you made her an independent board chair, she could just be that. Yeah, I say you vote out. You will need to vote out the people. It's not the role. It's the people. I agree. Having I agree. an independent board chair is point. If all the people are beholden to a dude, get rid of the dude. I like this next one from John Shevedin, a friend to our show, sort of. I mean, we think he's our friend. He's like a patron saint. Uh, that a stockholder proposal requesting a living wage policy. I mean, what's not like to like about this one? You don't see a lot of stockholder proposals asking for a living wage policy, but I've been into several Walgreens uh, in, in my lifetime. I think that these people deserve a living wage. What, what do you say here? Well, I think they have a huge employee crunch, right? Like yeah. uh, they have pharmacist problems; they can't get anybody. They got everything problems. Yeah, and they got everything problems, uh, and uh, and and they're not making that much money. I think if you stop paying for Roz Brewer's security, you could actually probably afford this. <laughs> so I vote yes. Uh, 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 an anti woke proposal from the National Center for Public Policy Research requesting a. EEO policy risk report. I don't really want to get into this one too much. Go ahead. No, but I want to vote for it. So all they're saying right now yes. is this is one of the standard anti-woke ideological like viewpoint discrimination things. It's dumb. It's stupid. But what their request is, is a report on how they plan on stopping discrimination against like ideology. Yep. But they did not specify an ideology. No. I actually think that what Walgreens should do is come up with a discrimination policy that includes we will not discriminate when hiring if you are a Satanist. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, that would actually be great. I want to know: right. Are you discriminating against Satanism, or, or what about or, one of those like those Christians with the rattlesnakes? What about them? Can we have them work at Walgreens too? I, I like I those wanna, people. Are, are you discriminating against me because I went to Burning Man? Like, I want to know. Like, put it all out there. I'm actually fine voting for this, mostly because it's so dumb. I would twist it. And finally, a pro-choice church, the Presbyterian Church of the USA, has a stockholder proposal requesting a report on risks of reproductive health care legislation. Let's not forget that uh, earlier in this, over the summer, Walgreens got into a lot of heat for saying that they're going to stop selling uh, uh, the, the mill, 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 I forgot the name of the drug. The uh, Mifeprozin or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great research here at the show. They said <laughs> they would stop selling that drug in Republican states even before they were told to stop selling it. So they got into a lot of crap over that over the summer. So that's the last year of the proposal. Yeah, well, I think this is a real risk, right? Um, because there is a, there is a cohort that shops at Walgreens. In fact, I think the numbers suggest women shop at Walgreens at a significantly higher rate than men, and it tends to be younger women. Mm -hmm. So, the, uh, and I think we covered this in our other show, Business Pants, at the time. I, I do think that this report 
is necessary. There's a real risk here that if you are not on top of what's happening and you are bifurcating your markets and you are not serving your customers, mm-hmm. you're you're already 69% share price drop in the last, you know, 6-7 years. Are we looking for more? So I think I I I'm I'm a vote yes for this. That's the proxy countdown for the week of uh, January first, twenty twenty four. That was a long one, Matt. We we our our sponsors are going to be mad if we're going over the thirty minute mark. Join us next week when we jump back into the alternative democracy pool. Forever on the lookout for shareholder sharks, floating band aids, and wayward directors. Yeah. Mm-hmm.